Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. And God said to me, you're the next pastor at that church, and that'll be the last church you'll ever pastor. I remember exactly when he said to me, I was in Humble, Texas. <laughs> Walking up and down the, in the sanctuary, praying about my night service, because there's a whole revival there. Amen. It was on the third Thursday of June of 1946, about 1.30 in the afternoon. He said, you're the next pastor. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the classic series, The Believer's Authority by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's classic message. It's astounding what faith people have in the devil and his power. You know it is. I mean, even Christian people, even, even spirit-filled, even charismatics. It's astounding what faith they have in the power of the devil. I don't have any faith in his power at all. I've got faith in the power of God. I was preaching down in another state, and I'm going to tell you where it was. Full gospel business men actually set the meeting. It wasn't their meeting, it was mine, but they worked in cooperation with me and they set the meeting up for us and did a lot of lag work, cooperated with us. And I was doing some teaching that somebody didn't like. And some of the full gospel business men, I mean, some of these men that I knew very close to, seen them conventions in different places, you know, they came to me just all uh, afraid. Just they sort of like that little spirit, just a shaking almost. Oh, brother, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. You can see they're just, they're just afraid. And I said, well, what's the matter? Well, he called me to one side, three or four of them. One or two of them forgot the men's another were just some of the folks there. And, and there's some men and there's some women involved too. Oh, Brother Hagin. And there's a certain so-called prophet. Don't misunderstand me. I believe in prophets, but not this guy. <laughs> and evidently they didn't like something I said said they didn't agree with you and they told us that they're going to put a curse on you. I said I double dog damn too. <laughs> yeah. But Brother Hagin, you don't understand. Now we know people that this prophet's put curses on. That wasn't God's prophet. No prophet of God ever put a curse on anybody. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Yeah, we know this happened to that person and that happened to that person because this so-called prophet put a curse on them and they're going to put a curse on you? I said, let them try it. You go tell them personally that I told them. You know what I mean by that expression, double dog dare? Yeah, that's a good Texas expression. <laughs> you go tell them personally that I said I double dog dare. How are you going to curse somebody that God's blessed? Yeah. Old Balaam tried that and he couldn't. Only backslidden prophets try things like that. Balaam tried to put a curse on God's people and he said, how can I curse whom God's blessed? You can't curse somebody God's blessed. <laughs> Why no, something bad's gonna happen. You know it ain't. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. <laughs> and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy follow me. Goodness, goodness, good things follow me. And every now and then they overtake me. <laughs> They're always a fallen man. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Amen. Are you listening to me? Goodness and mercy is a fallen me. 
not judgment and darkness and the devil. No, 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 a thousand times no. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I said they're going to put a curse on you. Yeah. They're just scared to death, as we say, you know, sometimes about that. They had faith, you see, in this so-called prophet. Faith in the devil's power. I've got faith in God's power. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Now that's stupid for people to get into that area. I went to pastor a church one time. God told me, God moved in a miraculous way. He spoke to me. I mean, just in a miraculous way. I don't mean that still small voice down on the inside of your heart. I don't mean God spoke to me and said, I was going by and preach at this church and they wanted me to consider this pastor, the last church I pastored. And God said to me, you're the next pastor at that church and that'll be the last church you'll ever pastor. I remember exactly when he said to me, I was in Humble, Texas. <laughs> Walking up and down the, in the sanctuary, praying about my night service because there's a whole revival there. Amen. It was on the third Thursday of June of 1946, about 1.30 in the afternoon said, you're the next pastor. Well, I went up there to pastor. I went up there to preach. I didn't tell anybody what he'd said to me. Didn't even tell my wife, really. The church was all divided. The pastor that was there was leaving. He'd failed to get reelected, then tried to get back in, then he didn't get many votes at all second time, about the third time, less than ever. Now, he said to me, though, he said to the Lord, you know, here's a spirit-filled man, but you can get wrong, get on the devil's territory if you're not careful. And he said, uh, he, he was in the parsonage, you see, and actually he'd been out as pastor for 30 days. They'd given him the privilege to live there free of charge, paid his bills for him. Went ahead and paid him all that month anyway. He wasn't there. Treated him very lovely. And so I went by the next morning, in fact, before, you know, and I said to him, I said, well, you know, I'm elected pastor now. I knew him, he's a friend of mine. I'd known him for years, and he said, he wouldn't even let me in the parsonage, you see. And I said, well, actually, your time's run out. They give you 30 extra days, and then it's gone. But I want to get in there because my wife and I want to measure the windows. We have some furniture, but we want to measure the windows about our curtains and so on and so forth. And so I just said to him, I'm coming in. <laughs> and I started in. He stepped back first. He wasn't even going to let me in. And then he said to me, now, Brother again, I can't get out. He said, I, I just, I said, well, Brother, I'm sorry. But this church has not had a pastor, and it's, in a, it's been in a terrible condition because of all the division, and they haven't had a pastor for 30 days. And we need to get somebody on the senior shepherd, you see, needs to get here to shepherd this flock. And I said, uh, I'm telling you, this is Monday, and I'm heading immediately up, you know, where I had my furniture stored, and Wednesday I'm back in the truck up here to this parsonage and unloading it. And I, if you're still here, I'm sorry, I'm just moving in right on top of you. Because your time's up, you ought to be out. Well, he reluctantly got out. Then when I got down there, because he's still around there, he let me know that he's put a curse on this church now. Because he ought to still be there as pastor, and God can't bless them. I said, well, I beg to disagree with you, but now God can bless them. Because he told me to come here and pastor the church. And I'm not under the curse. And you can't put one on us. But I'm glad that man was big enough when he saw the church was blessed and the building was full, 
And I got him to come to visit some services and the building was cram jammed. And he got up public and said, folks, I want everybody to know this. And I'm glad to publicly admit that I was wrong. I was wrong. I've asked God to forgive me. I won't ask you to forgive me. I said, I was going to put a curse on this church, but you're more blessed than you was when I was here. I never did have the building full, but it's full. There are people coming that never came. I'm glad I was wrong. Well, he's a big man to do that. It's easy to get in the flesh sometimes. I don't know how come it to get off on that, but it did anyhow. I'll not take it back because it's all so. Amen. Amen. Well, now, you see, he, you, you can't put a curse. How can you curse whom God is blessed? So many people have faith in the devil's power. Let's have faith in God's power. What the devil can do instead of faith in what God can do. Now notice he said, you resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Who's he going to flee from? You. 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 That's who he's going to flee from. Hallelujah. Well, I knew then when I looked up that in the dictionary and found in that big dictionary about a foot and a foot and a half thick, that expression to flee from means to run from is in terror. I knew then why that demon seemed to be so scared. Now, Jesus gave me another scripture. See, Matthew 28, 18 first, and then Mark connection with it. 15th chapter, 16th verse, right on through the chapter. And then James 4, 7. And then the third scripture Jesus gave me was Peter, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, uh, sometimes that's as far as people read. Oh, the devil's after me. Your adversary... Adversary means your opponent, one who is arrayed against you, your enemy, that's Satan, as a roaring lion. He didn't say he was one. He said as one. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, like I said, that's as far as some people read. They said, oh, the devil's after me. They ask us to pray for them. The devil's after me. Pray that he won't get me. Well, the real truth about it is he's already got you. <laughs> Amen. He's already got you. Tell the truth about it. Now, you can turn in prayer requests, and don't you misunderstand me. We're not belittling prayer. We believe in prayer. You can turn in prayer requests, and you can get 999,000 preachers and half of their wives to pray, and every radio preacher and every television preacher, but in the final analysis, until you do something about it, nothing's going to be done because there's some things you have to do for yourself. Amen. We might as well face up to it. We have something to do about it. Now, what did he say? Here's the picture. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, these are Christians that he's wanting to devour. It's not sinners. He's already got them. Amen. Isn't that right? Peter's writing to the church. Now, what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to say, well, we're whipped, you know, nothing we can do about it. Devil's so powerful. He's taken everything over. I guess I'm next. No, no, that's not what you're going to do. What are you going to do? Just sort of roll over and play dead? Maybe he'll go away. Hide your face or stick your head in the sand. 
Maybe it'll go away. No, no, no. Read the next verse. It'll tell you exactly what to do and tells you to do it. Whom resist? Steadfast in the faith. I like another translation which said, Whom resist steadfast in your faith. See, that's the way you resist him. Steadfast in your faith. What do you mean your faith? That is, you resist him steadfast in your faith because you believe what the Bible said about him and what the Bible says about you. You believe that Jesus defeated him. In his death, burial, resurrection, you believe that Jesus authorized you to stand against him. You resist him steadfast in your faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished. Afflictions there doesn't mean sickness, it means test or trials. Same tests, same trials are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer, the Tools for Navigating Life Package. Included is the best-selling book, The Believer's Authority, by Kenneth E. Hagan, plus the books, I Cannot Be Defeated and I Will Not Quit, by Ken Hagan, and God's Positioning System, by Lynette Hagan. All three resources for just $21.95. Don't delay. Call today. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. It's not too early. I know it's April 25 through the 27th, but you start making plans now to come to the Rama College weekend. Find out what Rama's all about. And, and if you if you want to know all about us, just go uh, go to rama.org slash trendsetters and all the information is there. You can go to rama.org and then there, go down through there and through the uh, uh, informational deal and punch yes. on the Rama, Rama Bible it Training College you and you can get the same information. Tomorrow, more from Reverend Hagen on our authority as believers. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen.